Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I hope you are having a great day. It's going to get better starting now. So that's good. We've got a great show coming up. Rob Blue is going to be joining me in just a minute. Um, so it's going to be great to catch up uh, with all the news that's going on in the great uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, area. We're going to find out uh, what's going on in, in the world and talk about a number of subjects. I've got a list of things to discuss with him. And if you ever have a topic that you want Rob to talk about, let me know what it is, and I will, I will ask him on your behalf. You can send me a text to 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. Rob is the executive editor of The Daily Signal, and he's with me uh, right now. Rob, welcome. It's great to be with you, Bill. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. Um, I don't even know where to begin. I, I've got so much on my plate I want to talk to you about. But defunding the police. Now, I want to try to follow the logic as best I can. So you want to defund police, but you yet want to allow a police station to be overtaken by a group and occupy six city blocks in Seattle. And yet you're, you, they have armed guards allowing entry and claim it is an area outside of the United States. Bill, I don't know how to explain the logic on this, so I'm not even going to begin to attempt to. But okay. well, all I can tell you is that it is uh, it is certainly frightening uh, to see what is taking place uh, in Seattle, uh, the uh, complete abandonment of the rule of law. And I think that this is a case where we need um, our leaders, our political leaders, to step up and have the courage to confront what's going on. Uh, this is uh, this is unacceptable for the people who are are, are faced with this situation and and the circumstances that surround them now. And and we, I think that um, if this is attempted in other cities, uh, as it very well might be, uh, it would send a very dangerous message uh, that our country uh, does no no longer has the rule of law uh, to back it up. I think that that's why you saw President Trump take the action he did with today's executive order on police reform, acknowledging that there were areas uh, to improve and things that could be done by police stations, uh, but at the same time, uh, making sure that we have that, that basis that we all believe in here in this great country of ours. Mm-hmm. All right, Rob, help me to follow the logic on where we are at today with uh, social distancing and gatherings and face mask wearing, it seems like. It wasn't, but a couple of weeks ago, uh, f- funerals were being broken up for people who were w- for not social distancing, yet were allowing protests all over the country. And there were two funerals for George Floyd, even though we can't have funerals or weddings. Um, and uh, Mayor de Blasio says you can walk on the wet sand, but not the dry sand. Explain to me how you reach the wet sand. Don't you have to walk <laughs> on the dry sand to reach the wet sand? It would seem so. Uh, we have a great piece by Dr. Kevin Pham, who uh, who has who a, a wonderful, um, been wonderful to the Daily Signal and and to 
your listeners and, and to our audience and everybody who wants some common sense uh, medical advice. Uh, he's a great person to go to. And he writes about this um, in, in some cases, uh, what I think is hypocrisy on the part of our political leaders, not to uh, not to call out a, a certain group uh, and favor another when it comes to these gatherings. And so, uh, yes, there, there are certainly common sense things that we need to continue to do when it comes to keeping uh, ourselves and our families safe. Uh, social distancing being one of them. Uh, I think if uh, you know you're you're able to wear a mask uh, in public, you know every little thing helps. You don't want to come into contact with this virus. Uh, we know that uh, there are certain populations that are more more vulnerable, particularly older Americans and people with uh, with with some uh, pre-existing health conditions. Uh, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're endangering them. And so I think that uh, as we move forward in this uh, reopening, we need to move uh, expeditiously. We want to get these businesses reopened again. We just need to be smart how we do it. And we need to be making targeted decisions. So statewide orders aren't necessarily helpful anymore. We mm-hmm. need to be making decisions probably at the county level or even the zip code level when it comes to what businesses should be uh, should be open. And and Bill, another thing that you know is, uh, is on my mind a lot is what our schools are going to do in the fall. Yeah, and I indeed. think we need to be in a position where they are planning right now uh, for how they're going to reopen. We cannot start uh, the fall uh, virtually again. We have to be in a position where we can open. Mm-hmm. Now, the cops show was canceled after 31 years. Very profitable show. They canceled Paw Patrol. I think they've even taken away Elmer Fudd's gun. So uh, then if we're following the logic, help me with this, I would assume uh, all past uh, movies uh, and all present and future movies that have guns should be erased, right? So all (laughs) Quentin Tarantino movies would be removed from cinema and then all violent video games must be banned. Well, you know that that's not going to happen because there's there's only uh, the Hollywood and, and you know the big tech and, and Netflix and uh, Amazon. Uh, they come from a, a politically correct position. Uh, they have a certain worldview, and they will not take that action. Um, now, I thought it was interesting that uh, you know when you look at things like the Me Too movement, um, how certain people were treated differently than others. Uh, of course, you know there there were many courageous women who came out and and spoke up and, and shared their stories. And then look at what happened when somebody uh, spoke up uh, and criticized the Democratic presidential nominee, uh, you know, silence uh, from the media. And so you see this time and time again, uh, no matter what the type of example is, Bill. And I think that that's why it's troubling. I think that's why organizations, uh, news organizations like the Daily Signal exist to try to bring truth to these uh, these matters and, and to showcase uh, for our audience that it's not everything. Uh, the New York Times does not have all of the answers or all of the content that, uh, that you need to consume. You need to have a balanced news diet and you need to make sure that you're looking at a diversity of sources, particularly in a world where we it's so easy to fall into a, what they call a filter bubble, where we only associate with those ideas that we may agree with. Mm-hmm. So, Rob, what is your take on all these statues being attacked and removed? And um, to me, that doesn't sound like a a healthy way to understand our history and to learn and and grow and teach if we just erase uh, everything. It's concerning. Uh, Now, I think that this is one of those those situations where – there are people who emotions are running high and uh, and let's face it um but yes it, it deeply concerns me that uh when you we we've quickly moved on from uh confederate uh, generals to uh criticizing 
great presidents like Abraham Lincoln, uh, who, who worked tirelessly uh, and, and, and led our country through a civil war to free slaves. And now the mayor of Boston is considering moving, removing the statue of Lincoln uh, in that city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I never thought I'd, I'd, I'd see the day or, could, I know. or, or you know, <laughs> uh, think that Abraham Lincoln would fall victim to this. Um, I know that there's debates about Christopher Columbus, uh, but to see, you know, his statues beheaded and, uh, and, and toppled, uh, you know, so it, 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 there's, there's no end, I, I don't think, uh, to, to where, where some in this movement want to take it. And so you're right, Bill, erasing history is, is not a good thing. I, I think we should learn from history and uh, and maybe there are other ways uh, that we can we can go about this uh, more, more democratic and orderly ways. Uh, for instance, in the city of Alexandria, right outside of Washington D.C. and near my hometown, we, um, we the, the city council voted to remove a, a, a statue of a Confederate soldier. It was it was removed in an orderly way and, and given to the group that owned the statue, mm-hmm. the daughters of the, of, of the Confederate soldiers. And so um, that seems to be the more a, a appropriate process to use uh, federalism, which conservatives believe in deeply, uh, to let local officials make those decisions and not let the mob uh, take it into their own hands. Mm-hmm. Daily Signal did a nice uh, story on uh, the city of Boston considering removing the Lincoln statue with the freed slave. And I know they're always racing to conclusions, that, but you never can... You never hear the artist's perspective of what is the artist's interpretation of uh, any particular work of art. And Lincoln is here, um, you know, the slave is at sort of the feet of Lincoln. And the interpretation was that he's lifting the slave up, getting him out, freeing him from the slavery. And they just don't like the fact that, that he's like bowed down in front of Lincoln. You know, what, what really struck me in this particular story uh, was the history behind it and, and the fact that, that Frederick Douglass, who we all know is a prolific civil rights activist, um, at the time that the statue was, was erected in the late 1800s, uh, was praiseworthy, praising the, the statue, uh, calling it, quote, a monument of enduring granite and bronze, mm-hmm. every line, feature, and figure of which the men of his, this generation may read and those of after coming generations may read something of the exalted character and great works of Abraham Lincoln, the first martyr president of the United States. So if you can have somebody like Frederick Douglass uh, utter those words, uh, given what we know he, he endured in his lifetime, uh, I think that the mayor of Boston, hopefully, who's not made a decision yet, hopefully will consider uh, the ramifications of, of doing this. Um, and so, Bill, I'm, gl- I'm glad you raised the issue. I, I, I recognize that it's a different, difficult one to confront. And, uh, and those jurisdictions, those local jurisdictions that decide to remove a monument of a Confederate soldier or a Confederate general, um, again, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's up to, it's the will of the voters. The, the voters can, can <laughs> uh, you know, take it out and, and, and remove them from office through the ballot box. But mm-hmm. uh, to have the mob tear down the statues, I think, is not the appropriate way to go. All right. Well, a big decision from the Supreme Court yesterday. Do we uh, start it now or do we do it after break? Oh, wow. Well, we can uh, we can just start it to say that, uh, you know, this is a big one, Bill, uh, that uh, are sh- have sh- has shocked a lot of Christians, shocked a, shocked mm-hmm. a lot of conservatives who, um, in, in many cases, uh, you know, thought that Neil Gorsuch was somebody who would 
deliver on an issue like this. And so uh, definitely disappointing. I know that there's a lot of legal minds who are analyzing the, the ruling and, and some who are saying it's not as significant uh, because uh, it, it's more limited in scope. And there are others who are saying that it's opening the floodgates and the slippery slope to what's to come next. So, uh, yeah, happy to talk more after the break. All right. Rob Louie is my guest, executive editor of The Daily Signal. DailySignal.com is the website. We'll be right back. Rob Blue is my guest, executive editor of The Daily Signal. Rob, right before break, we were talking about a Supreme Court decision that just uh, happened Monday. I think it was Monday that um, was kind of an unexpected ruling. Yes, it certainly was. So this involved actually three different cases that the court was considering, and uh, it involved... um, uh, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and Section 7 of that, and uh, particularly the definition of the word sex and whether sex extended to sexual orientation and gender identity or whether sex uh, meant uh, the difference between man and woman. And uh, by a six to three uh, vote, the Supreme Court decided that it would um, interpret sex uh, to mean gender identity and sexual orientation. So what does this mean now? Well, a lot of religious employers, um, a, a lot of uh, organizations um, that felt that they were protected based on their their, their conscience views and and, uh, mm-hmm. and wanted to operate um, in, in, in based on the, the teachings of the Bible or, or their beliefs uh, might now find themselves facing lawsuits from from individuals who who bring actions against them. Uh, and it has been uh, roundly criticized, a Bill, as, as we talked about before the break, by, by conservatives and Christians uh, for having uh, far-reaching implications, uh, some to the extent we, we fully don't, uh, I think, understand yet, uh, because uh, obviously we're still trying to understand I- exactly um, the, the full scope of, of what it could mean. Um, I will say one thing about it, and it's, uh, it, this seems to be something conservatives uh, generally are in agreement on it's that uh this is an this is a, a clear case of where congress has failed uh congress's failure to address this issue and and provide clarity uh opened the door for the courts um to do what what justice samuel alito criticized the majority in this case of doing and that was legislating we don't want our courts legislating that belongs in the legislative branch uh, that's uh for congress to do and so I, I don't expect things to change in Washington uh, quickly. <laughs> you and I have been uh, doing this weekly update for for a long time, and we talk often about uh, the inaction in Washington on the part of Congress and the inability to get anything done. Um, but what we don't want is we don't want our, our courts uh, making law. Uh, that's not an appropriate uh, venue for them. We want them interpreting the law. And uh, this seems to be an overstep on the part of, of the four liberal justices and the two conservatives who joined them. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the cases, Rob, was in a uh, Christian funeral home, and one of the funeral directors uh, um, lived as a man and then showed up one day and said, I'm going to be now living as a woman, and it was just causing all kinds of trouble at the funeral home. You're correct. Yes, that 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 is exactly those were exactly the facts. That was one of the cases that uh, was included in this decision, and uh, and that's why I say it it raises a number of questions now uh, for for how those 
uh, businesses or entities, uh, religious organizations uh, might have to uh, grapple with a situation mm-hmm. like this. Um, and even even Neil Gorsuch, who wrote the majority opinion, um, you know, uh, appears, uh, at least according to, to the conservative legal scholars and others who uh, who I trust and, uh, and, and read on this, um, didn't want to acknowledge the fact that it could have far reaching implications and indicated that uh, it was it was perhaps more limited in scope. And I've seen some people say that that's why we shouldn't be all that concerned about it. But I think as we've already seen, the the left will will not stop at that. It's not that they're content uh, with this decision. Uh, they've already announced plans to use this ruling uh, to file lawsuits in a number of different other uh, areas, uh, uh, whether it comes, you know, to, to housing or, mm-hmm. or banking or, or all sorts of regulations that are on the books. And so this isn't the end of it. Uh, if anything, this is just the beginning of it. And I think this is why uh, you, you've seen so much frustration. Um, and and let's face it, Bill, we have a couple more weeks of Supreme Court decisions. So this right. was a big one to, to happen in the middle of June. Just think what's coming next. Yeah. Rob, what are some of the implications going forward? Will this turn into uh, issues with uh, sports and and uh, People who identify as uh, women who are who are really boys and men went through puberty as a male competing in sports. Will that uh, be an issue? Yes, it certainly will. And that is uh, that is something that um, we are very much paying attention to um, at the Heritage Foundation and stories we've done on this uh, for the Daily Signal. You might remember Selena Soul, who uh, whose story we told in a documentary for the Daily Signal, mm-hmm. um, a Connecticut a high school student, a track athlete who uh, was unable to make the state uh, uh, championship because uh, she um, she was competing against uh, two individuals who uh, were, were identifying as 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 men. Um, as boys, uh, and uh, and uh, or sorry, we're identifying as women, but we're 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 born as mm-hmm. boys, and so uh, competing against them was uh, was not possible. I mean, she was unable to uh, you know to to hit her time in that track meet, and as a result, uh, she lost out on that opportunity. And so, I think you're absolutely right that there will be implications for women's sports in the in this context. It kind of goes down the line of of what I was indicating with there being a slippery slope that even though uh, they may be uh, limited to, to workplace rules, um, they will certainly be applied in other contexts and, and sports are, are one example of that. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons why the, the law in 1964 was enacted uh, because women at the time were facing discrimination uh, and, you know, now there's going to, now they're going to be in a, in a situation where women's sports might cease to exist if uh, if if you know they no longer are able to compete fairly. Uh, we know that there are genetic differences between men and women. Um, that's 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 a fact, and uh, and that's why I think it's so so disappointing uh, that this decision was made the way it was. Rob, if you would comment on this, this came uh, press release um, this week. The 18,000-member Christian Medical Association today expressed optimism that a just-finalized rule by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services that deals with gender issues will help protect medical judgment and the exercise of conscience in healthcare. Health professionals know they must base medical decisions on biology and science, not ideology. 
I know. Well, isn't it interesting that just on Friday we had uh, major decisions by the Departments of Health and Human Services and the Department of Housing and Urban Development uh, when it came to, to these very issues? And uh, it, is, um, it, it is interesting that days later uh, the Supreme Court comes out and, and makes this decision, which I think, uh, although they're two separate issues, uh, could obviously uh, the, the court's decision could obviously impact the the Trump administration's decision to uh, to rescind these Obamacare regulations, which did uh, radically realter the meaning of sex uh, to to mean something that that it really didn't. Um, and so we we've seen it happen in the executive branch. Now we're seeing it happen in the in the uh, judiciary. And this is something that Congress couldn't do. You might remember, Bill, that last year, uh, one of the top priorities for Speaker Pelosi and the House Democrats was to pass the Equality Act. And they were unable to do so. And uh, they were unable to get that through the Congress and to President Trump's desk. Uh, President Trump wouldn't have signed it anyways. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, what's the who needs Congress if you can get the judges to do it uh, for you? And so we've seen it time and time again, whether it was on same sex marriage or other issues where the court uh, has exerted its authority uh, over over the the people that um, that we, you know, duly elect every two years in the House and six years in the Senate. So it's disappointing that our legislative branch is, is not the one deciding these issues and, the, and that the voters uh, don't have a chance. As we were talking earlier on the statues issue, the voters uh, have, have an opportunity to hold them accountable. It's less, uh, we're less able to do so with judges who are serving lifetime appointments. Yeah, good point. Apologize to, to listeners. I just banged my headphones into the microphone, so I apologize for doing that. All right, Rob, a million requests for tickets for one rally coming up uh, in Oklahoma with uh, President Trump on Saturday. Uh, packing an arena, good idea or bad? <laughs> well, I, I've seen that they're going to be handing out face masks and uh, and hand sanitizer, and hopefully uh, they'll be taking steps to, to keep themselves safe. Uh, you know, it's really interesting, uh, particularly I, I follow the numbers closely in, in my county and, and northern Virginia has started to reopen and the numbers are still going down. Now, I know in other states the numbers are going up, but I think that you I would point your listeners to a really great op ed that Vice President Pence wrote today in The Wall Street Journal, uh, really pushing back on some of the media's narrative around this and including the, the president's rally. The reason that some of these numbers are going up is the fact that we're having more testing. Uh, more testing has become available. More Americans are out and about and, and feeling, you know, the, the need to get tested if they, if they uh, have these conditions. Uh, we need to keep a close eye on that. We also need to make sure that those who are the most vulnerable in our society are, are not exposing themselves uh, in the situation. So if you have other health conditions, I would not want you in that, that arena. That's probably mm-hmm. not the place for you. Don't expose yourself to a situation where you may come into contact with the virus. And, uh, and until we have a vaccine and until we're in a situation where we're more confident, I think that, you know, those who are more vulnerable just need to, to pay particular attention to that. Mm-hmm. Just 90 seconds left, Rob. What's the update on the coronaviruscommission.com? Well, we released our final report yesterday, Bill. We had a great event with the Secretary of Labor, Eugene nice. Scalia, who outlined uh, some of his plans for how, uh, how we were going to get Americans back to work. 
uh, in a safe way. Uh, we also uh, spoke to, to Vice President Pence, who, uh, who did a call with about 8,000 Heritage Foundation members. Uh, Vice President Pence, who is leading the White House's coronavirus task force, was very appreciative of the work that, the, that our commission did, in part because we've put together 265 recommendations that help all of society on how we can recover and get our, get our country reopened again. And I think that those uh, are things that not only the government can do, but individuals can do and that our churches can do and our business can do. And that's what makes it so significant. Rob, I don't know what my Tuesdays would be without you. Thank you so much for once again doing the show. Thanks, Bill. It's great to talk to you. Yeah, have a great rest of the day. Rob Louie's been my guest, executive editor of The Daily Signal. Head over to dailysignal.com. Take a short break, but when we come back, Paul Long, executive producer of a new movie coming out on the 19th called Selfie Dad. Be right back. So glad to have a chance to talk to Paul Long. He is the producer of a movie coming out, uh, I think, on the 19th called uh, Selfie Dad, starring Michael Jr. and quite a cast of other uh, very talented comedians and performers. He's our guest now. Paul, welcome. Hey, thank you. Good to be with you. Did I I have that right? Uh, June 19th, correct? You bet. And you can can pre-order this right now, can't you? You sure can. During this week, you can jump right into it. Um, You can go on to... Uh, www.selfiedadmovie.com, and you can uh, click in and pre-order. Uh, I think iTunes is turned on now, and I believe Fandango might be. Nice. And then the other platforms are uh, they turn on just on the 19th, which is the actual launch date of the movie. Yeah. Well, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. Let's hear about the movie, so our listeners can know exactly what it's about. Oh, cool. Well, the movie itself, uh, if I had to characterize this movie, Selfie Dad. Um, it's it's about faith, fun, and family. Those are if, if I had to put it in three words, that would be something along that line. Um, the movie itself, the message of the movie is read the Bible, change your life. And um, it is the the movie has come from really. Um, Brad and I uh, had a, a heart for people inside of the church. I came from the church, uh, late life Christian. I heard nothing about Christ until I was 28 years old. He was merely a cuss word uh, for me, unfortunately, and I lived pretty hard, and um, by God's grace, we were uh, ushered into a church, and it's um, a longer story, but the headline of it was we, we stayed in the church, and we were really unsaved. We were just kind of hanging around, taking up space, and just being in almost like a club setting, and so this, the, the message and the power of this movie is focused on people inside the church that may be uncommitted to Christ or just kind of hanging around, ones that have kind of lost their way. They just sort of fell off and got a little bit cold, uh, like the Laodiceans or something, and, and they just kind of went in another direction. And so it's to revitalize people and have uh, certainly fathers start to say, what am I living for, and, and how am I living, and, 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 and how am I treating my family, what am I doing with my kids? And to start to ask those questions, and then we uh, project the message that the Bible will change your life, reading the Word. I like it. So 
there's probably a whole lot of people that will identify with this. And then any story that's delivered with humor is always going to get people's attention and uh, and hold it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really does. And, and this thing is unusual in that regard because there's, uh, I think, in the Christian film community, you know, when Michael Jr., we were walking around the set, you know, on the way to lunch one day, and he was telling Brad me that he said, this thing is going to be unusual. If we pull this off, it's going to be like the first real you know, humorous comedy kind of thing that actually works where you're delivering a gospel message. And so what's happened is we're, we're weaving truth and humor together, scriptural truth, and then punctuating with moments of humor. And I've asked people that have been in focus groups with us that were unsaved, just, you know, people that, hey, come on down, take a look at a movie. And I've said to them, every time I always ask, so you think there's too much God talking in this thing? You, think, you know, what do you think about that? No one has said, oh, yeah, it's way too much God talk or anything like that. It, it's, there's plenty of God talk. We're, we're giving a clear gospel message. But I believe because of the humor and the writing and the way it's built, people just receive it. And so I just love the way that's working. There's, there's a, a moment in every movie, and sometimes there are many moments, where the doors of the heart will open and you can project any message you want. And the popular culture is putting all kinds of things out there when those doors open. And what we want to do is put something different. I don't want to throw rocks at anybody. I just want to say we want to say what is good, what is right, what does the Scripture say, and point those messages into those open hearts. And we believe that's how um, people start to change and, and, and start to see who God is and start to serve Him. Awesome. Let's talk about the storyline. Let's give our listeners a little bit of a, a look at what the, the line in the, the st- of the story is. Yeah, um, this this particular film is about a guy who um, who's a comedian, and uh, he has really got a, like functional depression kind of thing. He's sort of this dystymic fella, and he's in this sort of big midlife crisis where he's just really down because he cannot uh, rejoin the glory days of being a comedian. Life happened. He's got a family and kids, and things just went in this in a direction. And instead of being grateful, he's just bothered because it's, it starts out as all about him. And then uh, when, it, when it, he has a moment where everything blows up and goes viral, he starts posting things online, and it changes everything. And then he just sort of leaves the family behind, and he's quit serving anybody, <laughs> just goes off in another direction. And, um, you know, hijinks ensue, you know. Well, it sounds like you've got a very talented cast. Um, talk about who all is in the movie. Yeah, we have Shonda Pierce, uh, who is really the queen of Christian comedy, as I'm sure you're familiar with her. She is just so lovely and so funny and fun, and she uh, plays the, the role um, of Rosie. She is the boss of Michael, and um, this is set in a, uh, a world of television uh, post-production. It's a, a reality uh, show that they do. It's a, a flower show called Rosie's Roses. And so they work, they're all working in television. It's all set in that, with that as a background, you know, editing bays and all that stuff. And so it's built that way to kind of reflect that world. And um, so she's in there. And then we've got, of course, Michael Jr., who's uh, the other sort of kingpin of the Christian comedy world. And the two of them uh, really, I think, they really are probably the, the top two going in, our, in the faith community. And um, then we've got uh, James Denton, uh, who was... Um, He's, you know, he's got uh, Good Witch, and a lot, I've, I forgot all his credits, but he's got some great credits. He's a wonderful actor. Dahlia Wayne Gord is a classical actor. She's trained in, uh, um, I think, 
I'm sorry to say I can't remember where, but she has a very long pedigree of acting, and she's also a producer. And Dahlia actually has um, is interesting in that she uh, not only played the mother and the wife of Michael, but she was kind of the glue on the set. She really was, you know, because working with kids, we had Shelby Simmons and uh, Jalon, and the two of them, just being kids and stuff, she just really mothered them around. It really was a, a very neat sort of dynamic that went on off camera. And she's doing that. Um, and, yeah, that's that's the basic group. We've got Johnny Picard, and, uh, who plays the uh, the young guy who's got a missionary um, ministry student. He's in seminary, and so he's trying to find his way and, and work through and get along with Michael. And, and uh, Michael, of course, is just this guy who's an editor. He's just very dissatisfied. And, and, you know, you can see the way he's living. God's been good to him. He's, he's done well, and he's just, it's just not good enough. That seems to be the story of a lot of people. That is for sure. I'm just curious, uh, Paul, because producing is such an incredibly difficult job. I'd love to hear the path and the route that you went on to get this thing from uh, start to where it is on the 19th. Well, that's great. You know, I've spent really a lifetime in entertainment, um, and it's been largely secular entertainment, um, film and TV and stuff like that. Um, we were, uh, we've been a post-production service provider where we're working for all the producers and directors and all different kinds of projects and reality shows, just a lot of things you've seen. And in, in doing that, um, I became more and more convicted about just some of the stuff I was putting my hand to. And, you know, you tell yourself, well, you've got to make payroll. And, and what I realized is, is that I slowed down on trusting God, and I was just trusting myself. And... Um, it, it's funny, you know, it never, God never wasn't in control, but I, I, I kind of lost the thread there of it. And so in, in so doing, we were creating product and serving people and stuff. And, and we made, there was a definitive time where we decided just to pivot the company. And my wife and I just really felt like, you know, we either need to go out of business or we need to do it right. And so we, we started saying, we're just going to do faith and family projects. And we're going to find those people. We're going to ask God to bring us. Who are those people? Bring them. Mm. Bring us those people. We want to work for those people. And so little by little, that really started to happen. And fast forward, I, I brought uh, Brad Silverman in, who's a very gifted writer-director. And we wanted to, something I've, I've wanted to do is instead of serving everyone else's shows, I wanted to create some of our own. And we've done some along the years, but uh, this was going to be our big moment. We just kind of pushed. And so we started writing and developing. Um, and I'll tell you that uh, we just – the Lord brought in the people. He brought in the money. He brought in just everything. The distributor just clicked it right down the line. And I think that what I what I took from all that is that you know I've I've been up in the nosebleed section. So if if the family of faith is a stadium, I've been kind of up at the top row. You know you're there, but you you're, you can watch everything. Awesome. You can see what people are doing and how they're serving God, but you're not really engaged. You're just kind of around. And little by little, as we became more and more obedient. God started moving me down. And then I'm down in the middle. Then I'm in the loge. And, oh, now we're on. Okay, now we're in the box seats. Okay, awesome. And I believe this movie represents us taking a step on the field. Cool. Really cool. So I wanted to ask you some producer stories because I have a couple of friends who are producers and I just love their stories. <laughs> they are so funny. Yeah, we've got a few. Uh, we've got a few. Well, because you have to really do everything and put out every fire and solve every disaster and it's just hysterical <laughs> yeah it, it is it, it's funny how it works but i think i think the lord really lifted me up on this one um it just you know we had our ups and downs and ins and outs um you know one day we were on the set and um 
I was having a little bit of a dust up with Michael, and, and he came to me. And he said, "Come here, come here, come here." And so he tells me, "Get in the bathroom." We we, we go in the small bathroom on in the house on the cellar. <laughs> I go, "What?" <laughs> he goes, "We got to pray. We just got to pray right now." And I'm like, "Good, good work, man. This is great." But what I was telling him that day is, you know, this movie, if it's what we think it is, we're going to be over the target. We're going to get more and more flack and more and more stuff. And I was so thrilled that he just decided, "Come and pray." Yeah. That just that was his inclination. Yeah, great I mean, instinct. Here, yeah, and I love it. And so, I mean, that's an example. We we prayed before we started shooting every day. There were many people on the set that weren't believers, and I told them we we're not asking you to do anything. We're telling you what we're going to do. Yeah. Anybody who wants to form up, we're going to start and have a, a time of prayer. Awesome. Let's do it. And if you don't, that's fine. We love yeah. you. Work. And so, yeah, there's there was all kinds of stuff, you know, and and uh, you know, even even the way the money came in. Uh, we were we weren't even done writing the script all the way, and um, we had one guy that started. He was a businessman. He he came to the office. He was a friend of my cousin, and he he wanted to come by and, and see the studio. And so we're in this fifteen thousand foot facility here in, in Burbank, and he wanted to come by and see it. So Brad and I are having our our, our Bible study like like usual. He's out in the front yard of the lobby, you know, and and uh, so the gal calls in. She says, "Hey." Um, this guy's here. I said, well, tell him to wait. And then I, I said, well, you know, I called back. I said, look, if he wants to come in and join our study. I didn't know anything about this guy. I said, if you want to come in and join the study, you can. He does. He shows up. He comes right in, and he sits down. He doesn't say a thing. We're, 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 and we're in Romans. Some are <laughs> Romans. You know, just, just whooping it up in Romans. Yeah. He comes in, and, um, yeah, said nothing. When it was all done, he got up. We talked a little bit, and then he left. And he goes, hey, man, that was pretty interesting. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't mind coming by another day and, and see that, you know, and I said, well, fine. You know, we're here every morning. We start around nine and I didn't know it, but this guy was coming from out of state. Oh, wow. So what, whenever he would fly into town, he'd take an Uber down to the office. He'd fly into Burbank, he'd take an Uber here and he'd join the study. This That's very cool. It was super. What a we great way to start. It was super. And so one day this guy calls and goes, Hey man. Uh, listen, I want to get behind you. I heard you guys talking about a movie or something. I would like to get behind you. Do you guys need any money? Well, that'd be okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you mentioned, I said, yeah. do you? Huh? Yeah, Funny you brought that up. <laughs> so that's, I mean, it was just crazy. Yeah. We did no presentations. I wasn't looking. We didn't run around saying, hi, can uh. you help? This guy just went boom. And then within a month after that, I had another guy call me from our church, and he said, Hey, I heard you're doing this thing, and do you guys need any money? I said, oh. no, no, we don't need any money. We're fine. Well, when I started to really get deeper in the budget and look at some of the production issues, back to the producer problems, I realized we did. So I called him back and said, hey, do you still want to put some dough in? Yeah, I do. Hmm. And so we had all of our budget with you know, two folks. It was just crazy. And the, the Lord did that. And, it, and it, when I saw that, I was like, okay, Lord, seek, obey, reveal. Yeah, Done. Strong message. You know, even our, our marketing team. We've been we've been at loggerheads with them. There's like 20 people on our team, and we started out. This was all going out in the theater, and you know we had two and a half million dollars to spend on marketing, and everything was going on the track. And right around January, we're in one of these meetings, uh, market things, and and the distributor says, you know, I think we need to change the date. I, I you know this is a movie about being a better father. I really feel like we should do it on Father's Day. What hmm. do you guys think about that? You know, wow. everybody goes. And everyone, they never agreed on anything. They all like, oh yeah, that sounds good. Everyone agreed. Boom, done. Yeah. Wow. 
Boy, show was, me an, show me another sign, Lord. Just any yeah. sign. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. It was that yeah. fast, though. It was like whack, 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 and done. Oh, that's, and, that's and, great. And so fast forward, our date was April 24th, and we would have been cooked. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and, and we would have spent most of our money by then, and I don't see where you turn. Ooh. How do you come back from that? There's How no recoup. It? Yeah. Yeah. It's just nowhere to turn. So yeah. the Lord protected that. He's expanded our audience. I mean, maybe 10 or 20 million you can reach if, if you really get big, 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 big in theatrical releasing. Yeah. Uh, with this, our, our universe is over 300 million on all these different platforms that we have. Wow. So it's just That's crazy awesome. good. So, yeah. Uh, Paul, let me take a little break. Paul Long is my guest. We're talking about the movie he produced called Selfie Dead. It comes out uh, on June 19th. We'll take a short break and be right back. the show so glad to be talking to paul long he's the producer of a new movie coming out uh, the 19th called selfie dad it's got quite an all-star lineup of uh comedians and christian performers and um it's an exciting journey that you you've been on and i'm so pleased that god has been showing you these steps all along the way it's um it's, it's going to be encouraging for a lot of people and especially people who are, you know, aspiring to be in that industry, because it seems that there's a lot of opportunities still for really well done, quality Christian entertainment. Yeah, it, it, there really is. It's, it's opening up more and more and more, and and the levels going up, the the precision, the look of it, the story, the the ideation, everything's getting stronger and better. But you know, Brad and I, uh, is, Brad is the director, writer. He he's really like a brother to me. We're in prayer every single day here. We read the Word. I don't do anything. We start there. And what we, we have written on our board, it says, Seek, Obey, Reveal. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, Lord, we're going to seek you today. Then, then the question is, what will you do? when you Will you obey? Or you say, ah, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm ignoring it. Well, if you seek and obey, he'll start to reveal what he wants you to do. And I believe that's how we got to this place. And I think for anyone listening, that's the, the name of the game is start to serve God instead of yourself. Yeah. Well, writers usually write what they know about. So did Brad or you have this midlife crisis that you're talking about? Yeah, I think Brad has really been in it, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a composite of the two of us. <laughs> Me and my wife hanging around the church, disengaged and kind of hanging loose. Uh, you know, Brad certainly, yes, definitely pining after things and wanting to, wanting to see big things. And it's such it, – these are idols of the heart. And, Bill, I'm telling you, everybody digs through this. They all struggle with it. And it's the things we always wanted. And, and the way to see if it's an idol in your life is to ask yourself, how far am I willing to go to get this? And what will I do to keep it from going away if I'm sitting on it? Hmm. And so that's how you can tell what those idols are. And we just, between the two of us, we're just both full of them. And so that's kind of how it went. And we understood where we were and where we weren't. And, but it took time. And that's a process. God uses these trials and all these things to humble you. And then if he humbles you and you will serve him, and he'll let you serve. So, and it, it's no guarantee. You could be you could be happily serving, doing some particular job. Praise God! If you're drawing breath in life, He's giving you a day of life. Then work. It's good. You know, I I didn't set out to do this. God visited this on us once we started to obey Him. Yeah, great point, Paul. So, if you would comment on just how <clears throat> the importance of excellence in Christian entertainment. 
Oh yeah, I love it. That here's the thing: uh, we we worked in the entertainment business where the bar has always been high. No kidding. And um, the viewer sophistication is just like out there. It's really gotten big and better, and, and every single part of it. So. It used to be the Faith films, when it, before I was ever involved with them, I always used to kind of cringe. The stuff was marginal. It, it looked poor. It, the, the stories were poor. Everything about it was just kind of on the edge. But people, would, I would hear them saying, well, you know, we have a great story, and, and it's important. And Well, okay, but nowadays the competition is just so high. In order to get anybody to look your way, it has to be, it, it just needs to be really good. And so you're in, the bar is raised, and that's screening out a certain amount of people that, w- that used to come in. They're falling away because they just can't swing with it. So you have to have the gifting that God has given you, and then you have to have a heart to exercise it in that way. And then he starts to use it, and I can tell you it is definitely better. I love, love, love some of the projects that have come up, and we've been grateful to work on some of them, and, and uh, it's just been a joy. I work on a Shonda Pierce movie right now. She's got a new one coming up. And uh, so we're on that. That's going to be really fun and cute, and and it's well shot, well built. And, uh, you know, just some of the other things that we've worked on that just was like, okay, these guys did it right. And so, yeah, I think it's a way of honoring God even in the doing. And, you know, work, it says in the Scriptures, worship. Yeah, when when you talk about sometimes seeing Christian entertainment that, you know, you cringe a little bit at, it's if you are going to be in that that, um, arena, you have to be... Uh, at least of a quality that's equal to or better than what else is out there. Otherwise, pe- people show up with the, the story that says, well, it's not that good, but, you know, we're, we're Christians, so be nice to us. <laughs> that's right. It's really good. You know, one of the things um, in the entertainment industry, there really hasn't and isn't any real room for uh, Christian directors, producers, writers. The secular organizations and groups, they, they don't think much of those folks. And there's always been a man-down relationship there. And what that means is you're, you're, all, you're, you're never able to get to the bigger shows. You're never able to, you know, those things aren't really available. They just kind of keep people out. And what I wanted to do, and I, I, I unsuccessfully tried this a few years ago, is I wanted to create a little bit of a nonprofit where you start to train young people up and, and bring them into a place of excellence and, you know, and train them and show them. I mean, I've spent a lifetime fooling around this stuff. We, we must know something. You know, and, and, and teach the kids and create opportunities that way. That was my vision on that. And I see the, the, the entertainment business is like a freight train coming through town. And you can run alongside, and some people climb and are hanging on. They fall off. Others fall under. Others just kind of make it in and crawl in. But there are very few. When you do it, when we train up the, the youth and, and people in entertainment, Christian entertainment that's strong and really well done, now suddenly our train pulls up next to their train. And you walk straight into there. You don't have to hang on to anything. You mm-hmm. walk, in, and then they want to see you. Now you're eye to eye. Come on in. What do you got for me? Right. It's a different conversation. When the Irwin brothers walk in over at Lionsgate, they've got everyone's ear. Mm-hmm. They want to hear what those guys have to say. Yeah. They've demonstrated. So their train, their train is fast and just as strong. They pull right up alongside. Okay, here we go. So that's that kind of picture that I have in my mind when I think about this. So there are opportunities, but people, you just got to get trained up. It, it, you, you can't just go, yeah, I really like to do it. So, Paul, when you think about, uh, it's like, it seems like it's easier than ever to fall into, you know, that popularity idol. You know, yeah. even Christians seem to want that public recognition, you know, like, hey, my, my video is going viral. That's really cool. I mean, that, that's kind of a dangerous one, don't you think? 
Well, it's really it is. It's, it becomes an idol, like anything else. And I mean, this this is the thing. It, it's always like our movie causes people to ask at the end, not because we put it on the screen or something, but just I, the common reaction is, well, what am I living for? Am I living for getting my numbers up? Am I living for having you know this kind of social media presence or that next thing? And I remember very vividly, there's a Grammy. Uh, nominated singer that we're doing a, um, a show with. We're doing a, a project on a, a purity for teen girls, and it's a it's a really fun reality show at work. But but she said to me, she says, I'm just exhausted at having to get up every morning, I have to reinvent myself. I got to go and check and see what's on. Oh, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Facebook? It's yeah. like it's it's a it's a horrid trap. But, oh yeah. You know the scripture says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Christ says, come and learn from me. Mm-hmm. Come and learn from me. Why does he say that? Because we need to learn how to rest in him. And I feel like we've gotten in the culture now. People have stopped resting and started chasing. And that, that's why I had to get out of the secular side of it. It just pulls you in. And, you know, whenever I have young people come talk to me, I always tell them every rotten story I can think of. <laughs> I discourage them because it's really not for everybody. Right. And if the Lord isn't moving you there, it, it just isn't a good place to be. It's hard on families. There's a lot of things about it that, you know, aren't great. But uh, if you have a heart to impact others in, in that way, and if you want to do it for God instead of yourself, I, I do think he, he may use you. He may use you. Yeah. Well, Paul Long has been my guest, uh, and right now the theatrical premiere at home is June 19th. Yep. And it's called Selfie Dad. Parenting is no joke, starring Michael Jr., Chanda Pierce, and a number of other extremely talented and gifted performers. You can head over to SelfieDadMovie.com, Selfie Dad movie.com. Paul, thanks for doing the show. Really nice to meet Uh, you. Yeah, it was awful good meeting you. Thanks so much, Bill. You bet. We'll take a short break and we'll be back in just a minute. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.